Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for everyone who's coming on live right now and certainly hope that we are able to give you a fantastic start to your Tuesday morning. I don't know about you, but I'm certainly excited for today because today is the first day of the NBA season. So I'm super hyped for the games that are coming on tonight. And I hope that you are just as hyped as I am about that as well. Uh, but again, we're hoping that we're able to give you some good gospel wisdom and gospel knowledge on today that will edify your souls. And for one, for the ones who don't believe, to give you something to chew on as God is, no is knocking on the door of your heart to um, have a relationship with him. We're certainly grateful once again and hope that you guys are able to are able to have a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. We got a jam-packed show for you on today. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, going to talking about Coca-Cola and how they rescinded their Black Lives Matter movement um, support. We're going to be talking about waiting on a breakthrough and what it means for us to actually be going through a breakthrough season in the Lord. We're also going to be answering a question from the chat regarding women's rights and what my views are on women's rights to what degree that is. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about Warwick Dunn's um, desire to help people um, through giving them home ownership. Uh, but we're going to start our day off by talking about evangelism as we're, as we're getting toward the end of our faith work series on today. And so we're going to, so we got a jam-packed show again for you um, today. I'm going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump right into our word coming out of Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're asking God that this show, this, this, this true gospel morning show, be none of me and all of you. Lord God, just take me out the way. Just move me. Just remove me from it. And I'll just allow your word, your grace, your truth to just shine forth through this show on today. Touch every heart that's going to hear us on today. Uh, may they grow to love you, bless you, honor you in both duty and delight. Edify the believers on today to remind them of the, of the gospel goodness that you have um, bestowed upon us. And we thank your son, Jesus Christ, for paving the way for us all by dying on the cross and rising again, that we may have the opportunity to love you and bless you and honor you. Lord God, we're asking that any unbeliever that comes on this show today, Lord God, that they be, give, that be, be given an ear to hear 
what we have to say, Lord God, um, in hopes that you can plant the seed in their hearts and explode um, into a relationship, a flourishing relationship with you. Uh, Lord God, we just give you all praise, all glory, and all honor on today. Um, again, we just lift this show up to you right now uh, that you may receive all the glory out of everything that is said and done. Uh, Lord God, we think it not robbery for just praising you because you have been so flipping good to us. Um, and because of that, Lord, we just we thank you. We we honor you. We bow down before you. We we just we just lay it all out on the altar for you, Lord God, because you are so good. You are so worthy to be praised, and we're just grateful for every blessing that you bestowed upon us, and more importantly, for saving us at a time when we couldn't save ourselves. For while we were still weak, while we were still enemies, and while we were rebellious against you, you died on the cross that we may live and credited your righteousness to us that we may be able to call ourselves the sons and daughters of God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right. Um, so, um... Again, we're continuing our series entitled Faith Works. And I'm again get I'm getting all my information about the Faith Works from this book right here entitled Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Again, this book by Donald Whitney is one of the best books you will ever read on what our spiritual disciplines are when it comes to prayer, Bible intake, um, corporate worship, uh, meditating, journaling, all those things. And understanding how these things um, matter in the kingdom and how we're able to apply them to grow a better relationship with the Lord. Um, that it's all about Jesus. It's, it's all about us growing in our, in our relationship with the Lord. That it's not about praying for prayer's sake or reading our Bible for Bible's sake. But it's all about rolling up to worship in spirit and truth to our living, um, to our living and risen Savior. And so again... We uh, So this is where I'm getting all the information from, The Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. Um, today we're going to be talking about evangelism um, and <clears throat> the importance of being able to speak the truth to others uh, for the sake of, um, of our relationship with the Lord. Um, Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20 say this, The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they had saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. If we go um, to the book of Acts, chapter 8, starting at verse number 26. We see the application of what of what Christ is saying in those words. Um, Acts chapter eight, starting at verse twenty six. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, "Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place." And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court office, a court official of. of Oh, my God, words. A court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? 
and he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more. But he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Again, that's Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. In this, we find that it is we are charged by the, by the Holy Spirit. We are charged by God to make disciples. We are charged by God to make disciples of all people. Um, but we have to be careful as a caveat, and I'll talk about it a little more in a little bit, that we don't take ownership of making disciples as if it's our job to save anyone. Rather, it is our job to give the gospel, to tell people the goodness of Jesus, testify to his goodness and what he's done for us in hopes that in us sharing the gospel, God will do a work in that person and, you know, save them, redeem them, transform their hearts from the inside out. God charges us as the body of believers to give the gospel to as many people as we can. I think of the show New Amsterdam. Um, and in the very first episodes, um, you know, the, um, the, 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 the chief, the chief doctor, um, uh, Max Goodwin, you know, he's just, he's just shaking stuff up. He's like, you know, anybody working in the, in the heart department, y'all fired. You know, anybody who was trying to make money and withholding people from um, being able to do stuff, you're fired. And everybody was like, I don't understand why you're doing that. And one of the doctors came up to him and was like, dude, what are you doing? You're, 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 you're causing problems for yourself. And he said, well, let's save as many lives as, as we can before we get caught. And that's what we, the people of God, that's the urgency that we should have as it pertains to giving the gospel to, his, to, to all, who are, all who will hear. Our job is not to save people. Our job is to tell people about what Christ has done for us. As a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter four, uh, chapter 2, I think. Um, yes, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, we find these words in uh, starting with verse number 13. Uh, no, starting with verse number 14. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession 
and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of, of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we, for we are not, like so many, peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Our job is not to save anybody. Our job is not to make anybody a believer in Christ. Our job is to just tell people about the goodness of God. Our job is to tell people, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Our job is to tell people that your sins can be forgiven you by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Our job is to tell people, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Our job is to tell people that while we were enemies, Christ died for us. We are to tell people that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that upon repentance and um, um, belief, we might be called the righteousness of God. Our job is to tell people that salvation has come, that we can be redeemed, that we don't have to continue to live in sin and shame and guilt, that we can be liberated from the things that, that are holding us down, that are keeping us bound and locked in. That we don't have to know, we have to, we don't have to any longer be slaves of this world. We no longer have to be slaves of, you know, the things that are going on in this world. We no longer have to be tethered to the problems of this earth, of this earth as if there's no hope. We have hope. Our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in the living God. The living God, the creator of the universe, has paved the way to have eternal peace both now and forever in him and we as the believers in God we have such a, a joy and a peace and a hope and a love that surpasses all understanding and in that we are will we are we are sharing this with you because the urgency is too real the urgency is too strong the urgency is too powerful like we we, we there is there even though you know, this has been going, we've been talking about it for 2,000 years, no, no doubt about it. But the urgency could not be realer because tomorrow's not promised to anyone. And as a result, our desire is to see you come with us, to come with the brothers and sisters of faith, and to have a relationship with the Almighty God that will give you such a peace in your soul that no matter what's going on in your life, you can be like Paul and be content. Because of the, uh, because of what's going, because of the surpassing worth of knowing our Jesus, Jesus knowing Jesus our Lord, it gives us such a, um, such a, not this, oh, that's what it was. We we have such a, a goodness of soul and a goodness of heart and a goodness of mind that we are, you know, living in peace and living in truth and living in love and living in light. We sh we we sh we we have a desire to share this with everyone. Our desire is the same desire that God has, that no one should perish, but that all should come to repentance, that all should come to deliverance, that all should come to love and delight in God and delight in truth. 
And so we, the believers in God, our job, our mission is to make disciples. Our mission is not to save anybody, but our mission is to share the gospel in as many different formats, ways, and methods that we can so that someone can hear about the goodness of Jesus and if they do not turn their hearts away, can be saved. So evangelism then is us leveraging our positions, leveraging our influence, leveraging our power, leveraging our resources, leveraging whatever we have in an attempt to help someone see Jesus. To help someone see Jesus. It doesn't matter where you are, where, what, where, where you find yourself, in what position in life you're playing. Whatever it is that God has given you, you can leverage it to share the gospel with somebody else. Far too often, we relegate evangelism to a ministry in a church that goes through the neighborhood once a year to say, we evangelized. Now, that's one method. Keep, let's, keep, let's keep it a buck. And if that's something that you do, to God be the glory. But evangelism is not just a, ministry, a division of a ministry. It is us as a body of believers leveraging wherever we are, the positions we hold, the, the, the titles we have, the resources we have access to, to um, render um, worship and praise to God and share the gospel of Jesus Christ to as many people as we can. Using TikTok as an example, y'all know, y'all see, one from one swipe to another, people are utilizing this platform to do whatever it is that they want to do. For us as believers, if we're saying that God has given us these platforms to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we have been we've been given a platform with which to leverage. And so we utilize this platform to do whatever we want to do, which is why I've decided I want to use my platform to give people Jesus. At one point I was giving people therapy, at another time I was giving people um I was giving people um, uh, funny videos. At another time, I was trying to do a little singing thing here and there, but it was never. But it, my soul was just never at peace because God was saying, "Why are you not sharing me? You share everything else. Why are you not sharing me?" And as a result, we flipped this whole thing around, and in doing and in flipping it around, we're now sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we're sharing it because it's what matters the most to me. That my desire is for everyone to come to repentance. For everyone to have a desire and have a relationship with the Lord. That we have a desire to help people to see the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us. And so we're asking and praying to God to use this platform to help someone see Jesus. To help someone see the Lord. To help someone come to Christ. To help someone understand and unpack, you know, who it is that we belong to. And in that, we desire to evangelize to one another so that someone's soul might be saved. We also understand, though, that just because we're preaching the goodness of God doesn't mean that everybody's going to hear us. If you look at this, if you look at this, um, this, this platform alone, 
we see so many people who will come on and their hearts will become so hardened and so angry and so frustrated. And as a result of that, they have so many different questions and so many different comments and so many different things that they want to, you know, spew down in the comment box as a as a as an attempt to try to you know um you know make themselves seen or you know spout the 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 frustration that they have with God or to just spew the anger that they have toward anyone who wants to believe in him we are either going to be a fragrance from life to life or a fragrance from death to death but that should not stop us from talking about the goodness of God and all that he has done for us. For it is not just our charge, but it should also be our delight. That I'm not just doing, I'm not just on this show because it's something that I feel compelled to do. I actually love doing this. Like telling people about Jesus and all that they've done for us. When I'm doing therapy, I pray all the time. Please mention Jesus's name. Please mention God. Please mention prayer. Please mention something about Jesus. Because once you mention Jesus, all bets are off. I'm in there now. Now we're talking about the Lord. Like we we we, we bypassing all of the, 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 the techniques and the and all the little you know nuances of um you know brains and this, that, and the third and emotions. We're not talking about what really matters. The soul. We're talking about, you know, the, the underpinnings of all the problems. I got a lot of, I, I relish, I relish those moments. It's like, okay, I get to talk about the Lord now. Yes. And so, um, and so again, we let, we, we are in these positions in our lives, not just in church. You don't have to be a pastor to evangelize. You don't have to be a preacher to evangelize. Matter of fact, all of us are preachers, but we'll talk about that another day. We don't, but we don't have to be preachers in the, in a, in a, in a churchy sense to evangelize about the goodness of God. You can be a janitor and evangelize about the goodness of Jesus. You can be homeless and evangelize about the goodness of Jesus. You can be a school teacher and evangelize about the goodness of Jesus. You can be a, a, a cashier at a convenience store and evangelize about the goodness of Jesus. Wherever you are, you have enough Jesus in you. You have enough Jesus in you to be able to share it with somebody else. Even if all you know is Jesus saves. That is enough to share it with somebody else because that little bit is what Jesus used to save you. And so again, we say all this to say that we, the people of God, have been given a charge to evangelize. There are two, there, there, there are two things that evangelism does for me that I hope that in sharing it with you guys will help you to, to further um you know, have a desire to evangelize to other people um, in terms of my how it grows my relationship with him. Um, because, again, evangelism is not just us going on mission. It's also a part of our, you know, walk in our relationship with God, how we grow in God and how we are nurturing our own relationship. Number one, evangelism helps me to stay rooted in the word. A lot of us can get complacent. In our walk with God, where we won't study, we won't, you know, dig, we won't, you know, we won't grow deeper in our walk with God. And so when we're, when we, you know, when people ask us questions about our faith, we don't know a whole lot about our faith in, in terms of the questions that they're asking. Because we're not spending time in the word to really get to know who God is, what he's accomplished for us, and all those things. And so evangelism helps me to study more about God so that I can deepen my relationship with him. 
And in deepening my relationship with him, it helps me to be able to answer questions that people have, but not come, but not come with the combat. Because a lot of us, we want to answer the questions and try to defend God, but God doesn't need our defense. Rather, we're able to lean in and understand and unpack where's the question coming from? What is it that you're really trying to get at? What's really going on? Because here's the answer. But, you know, are you really seeking the answer because you want to know more about God? Or are you seeking the answer because you just want to defend turf? Because I'm, I'm not here to defend turf. My God is so great, he doesn't need my defense. My God is so great, he doesn't need me to fight, you know, when it comes to trying to answer questions about who he is and all that type of stuff. Like you guys see in the chat, if God is so good, why would he allow this or why would he allow that? God doesn't need my defense. I will gladly answer the question, but I'm but I won't def I'm not going to defend him because that's his job. If anything, if you're that curious about what you want to know, I would pose that you ask him because he is a faithful God and a just God and he said, "Ask and it shall be given." You know, seeking ye shall find, knocking the door shall be open. So if you want to know something, why don't ask me, ask him. Ask the one, because he is a faithful and just God, and he hears, and he sees, and he knows. And so, but I can't know that for myself unless I deepen my relationship with him to be able to come to that conclusion. Because some of us, again, we'll try to fight unbelievers. We'll try to fight atheists. We'll try to fight, you know, any other person that goes through, um, you know, goes, you know, to some other religion. We, we, want, we want to combat them so badly and think, I'm standing up for the Lord. God doesn't need our defense. God doesn't need, doesn't need us to fight for him. We answer the questions as best as we can, but when we see that it's coming into combat, no. You, go ask God. Go ask God. And if, that, and if that's, how, again, how you feel, hey, you know, do, I'm, I, I don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in, so I'm not fighting nobody. But again, can't come to that conclusion unless I've deepened my relationship with the Lord. That's number one. Number two, it helps us to be able to, um, to, to connect to his people. And in connecting to his people, it helps us to, to walk out the compassion that God has for us. Before doing this show, for example, I was one of those people who who would love to get into an argument. I could, I could, I, I and I hate, and I hated that about myself because I knew I, I don't want to argue with people, but I could feel it rising up in me every time somebody be trying to say you did you, you you do this and you doing that and you doing this and you doing that, and I had God had to work on me and say these are my people that you're trying to fight. These are my people that you're trying to argue with. These are my people that you're wounding with my words. The same compassion that God had for me when he got on that cross and died is the same compassion that he wants us to have for his people, regardless of whether they have a relationship with him or not. That we're not here to save the saved. We're here to save the lost. And if we don't have the same compassion for them that we have for, for our brothers and sisters in the faith, then we are, we are no better than them when they are standing up for their own. God calls us to reach 
for the unreachable, to touch the untouchable, to seek those who don't have a walk with him, to share the goodness of God with them with compassion, not with judgment. Jesus didn't come into this world to condemn the world, but through him, the, the world might be saved. So we must carry that same compassion, that same heart, that same spirit, and go out into the world and evangelize to those and in doing so be reminded of the goodness of God that he was patient with me. He was kind to me. He was generous to me. He had every right, every right to die. Every, every, I, I, he had every right to kill me. Every right to put me, put me out to slaughter. Every right to, to, to allow me just to be, just be out here doing my own thing and perishing. But God thought enough about me that while I was still a mess, while I was all over the place, Christ died. While I was, you know, doing my own thing, being judgmental, you know, having such a hard heart toward people, Christ died for me. And if he did that for me, how much more should I be willing to step into the fray so that someone else's soul can be saved? Someone else's soul can be delivered. Someone else's soul can be set free. We, the believers in God, we have to be ever so mindful that the same God that saved us is the same God that wants to save everybody else. And he's using us. He's using us to be the conduit between him and them. And so we, the believers in God, we have to be willing to put ourselves in that space, but to put ourselves in that space, not just out of duty. We should delight in talking to people about God. Our hearts should burn with a passion and an excitement to talk about the Lord. Again, you don't have to have a nine-point sermon every time somebody wants to, um, wants to have a conversation about Jesus. We should be willing. We should be able. We should be desirous to talk to people about the Lord and to talk to people about all that he's done for us. And again, you know, again, you don't have to have a five-point sermon. You don't have to go, go down Romans Road or any of that type of stuff. We have an opportunity to just tell people about the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for us. We have, a, we have the opportunity to be able to share God, share Christ, Share what he's accomplished, share what he's done in our own lives, share our testimonies with one another so that someone's soul may be stirred up to follow after Jesus. And after having heard the gospel, God transforming that heart of stone into a heart of flesh. The greatest miracle, thank you God, the greatest miracle is the miracle of salvation. Transforming the heart of stone into a heart of flesh is a miracle. A miracle that none of us have the ability to perform, but how awesome God is to allow us to be a part of. We might not be the one that transforms the heart, but we have the ability to be able to plant the seed, to spread the seed on the ground in hopes that God has tilled the ground enough to where that seed can germinate and turn into a flourishing relationship with him the faith that's the size of a mustard seed that mustard seed should grow 
That mustard seed, mustard seed should expand. The mustard seed should turn into a tree where they're able to fly and land and perch. Like God is so good to each and every one of us that he gives us this opportunity to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to as many people as we can. To give people the cure for the ailings of our soul to as many people as we can. He gives us this opportunity to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the greatest news on the planet with everybody as much as we can, as much as we can. We have the opportunity, we have the ability to be able to go to as many people as possible in the spaces that we own, in the spaces that we live in, in the spaces that we work, in the spaces that we play, to be able to display by both word and deed the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us. Scripture tells us, let your light shine before others that they, that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. We have an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity to share the good news of that salvation has come, that salvation is free, that salvation is available, that you don't have to work for it, you don't have to earn it, you don't have to climb to achieve it, you don't have to reach enlightenment to secure it, that it's come freely for those who will repent and believe. And again, repentance is the ability is, is denouncing everything in this world and saying, I'm, I'm all of my attention, all of my affection, all of my allegiance is to God. I declare him the uppermost of my affections. It is an initial declaration, an initial turning to the father saying, I denounce all other gods. Anything else that my heart has sought after, anything else that my heart has desired, anything else that my heart has, you know, has been trying to get to, anything else that my heart said that this is what's going to satisfy me, I'm turning away from that. And I'm saying, Jesus, you are the, you are what satisfies. You are what fills this heart space. You are the only thing that can fill eternity. The eternity that wrought, that's wrought in my heart. You are what makes me complete. And then believing by saying, I'm pushing all my chips in on, and, I'm, and I'm betting on Jesus. That if we get to the end game and Jesus isn't at the finish line, it's some other God, then I am done. It's over for me because I will not worship any other God but Jesus. Jesus is the only one that I will worship. He's the only one that I will adore. I believe in everything that he says. I believe in everything he's that he believes that that's good. I believe in everything that he thinks that's bad. Whatever he says goes, you know, from Genesis to Revelation, I believe everything that he says I am, everything that he says I'm not, everything that he says he is, everything he says he's not, everything that he says he's up to, our participation in it, the whole nine yards. I'm believing in that. That is what I believe. And as a result, you know, that because of that, that gives me entry into the kingdom. That's it. An initial um, repentance and belief. Repentance and belief. That is what gets you in the kingdom. That is what gets us in, uh, into, the, into our walk with God.
repentance and belief. And so we, the believers in God, we have such a great treasure that we want to share with others so that they may have the same peace, the same love, the same hope, the same joy that we do. Now we're able to have a relationship with the Lord in such a way to where we are able to then share with others the goodness of who he is. He's been so good to us, better to us than we've been to ourselves. If you have been to a black church, we love saying that he's been better to us than we've been to ourselves. And hallelujah, he has. And as a result, we want to share that. And so as evangelists, we leverage our platforms. We leverage our jobs. We leverage our titles. We leverage our responsibilities. We, we leverage everything that God gives us in an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So wherever you find yourself today, whether you're in the supermarket, whether you're in the, 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 um, whether you're at, at your job, you're at home with the kids, you know, you're online on TikTok, your prayer can be, I'm not going to tell you what it should be. Your prayer can be, God, where do you want me to let my light shine today? What, in what place do you want your, what, how are we going to glorify you today? In what ways are we glorifying you today? You know, show me the opportunities that you give me to be able to talk, to be able to tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you. Open up the pathway. Like I told y'all, I'm a therapist on my job. I, I, I pray all the time. Just say Jesus. Just say prayer, just say church, just say something, something to give me a doorway. Because if you give me a door, oh, I'm walking through that bad boy. It's over with. It's over with. Soon as you say the word, boom. Oh, okay. All bets are off. We done with the interventions. Let me tell you about an intervention named Jesus and all that he's done for you and all that he wants to do for you. Like that should be our heart's posture. What God show, open the door, show me the way. So that I can tell somebody about you because you are the only thing, the only thing that will satisfy the longings of the soul. You are the only truth that will set us free. Long after the interventions are gone and changed over again, long after somebody gives us the next seven steps in order to be successful, long after all these self-help books have come to ruin, the only thing that's going to stand is the word of God. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. But the word of the Lord will stand forever. And so our hope and prayer as we walk through the, in the disciplines is that we're utilizing the, um, the, the, the gift of evangelism as an opportunity to be able to share the goodness of God. And in doing so, reminding ourselves of just how awesome our God is. And so we're grateful that God gives us this ability to be able to use the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise and to save somebody's soul. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live, the therapeutic artist. I'm so glad, glad, glad and grateful that you have found this show on today. If you've missed any part of this message or want to hear past episodes of our show, feel free to go over to um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and listen to all of our episodes from inception to now. I thank you guys for the 3,000 likes you've given us so far, every follow, every share, every comment. Thank you guys so, 
so much for being a part of this show on today. Um, you're watching the True Gospel Morning Show, and we'll be right back in just a moment. the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for the 3,100 likes that we've received thus far. And Johnny Carnitas, we want to thank you so much for the big love that you sent us today. Thank you so much for the gift on today. Uh, we're certainly grateful. Um, and again, as I always say as a disclaimer, any gift that you give to the True Gospel Morning Show goes straight to the True Gospel Ministry. It does not go to me. I got my own job, make my own money, pay my own bills. You are not paying me. You are helping us to keep our subscriptions up with the website and the podcast um, that we have available to you guys on Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now. Um, and I do want to say um, tomorrow I'm super duper excited to be able to premiere the interview with me and my um, and my new friend um, Ashe. Um, you guys are in for a treat. It's a really, really good conversation um, that we had on last week. And so I'm really excited to be able to premiere that conversation with you guys on Wednesday. So make sure you are tuned in tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. for that interview that I have with um, with Ashe on tomorrow. Um, it's going to be a really good treat. And I know you guys are going to enjoy that conversation so, so much. Um, but we're going to continue in our show on today. We're going into our What Would Jesus Say segment. Um, as we're talking about um, a story that was um, published on October the 20th, um, Coca-Cola quietly deletes language from um, supporting Black Lives Matter after Ted Cruz calls out a pro-Hamas post. Senator Ted Cruz called out 
Coca-Cola on his podcast this week for supporting Black Lives Matter after the organization's Chicago chapter posted in a now-deleted ex-post a picture of a paraglider with the text, I Stand with Palestine, a reference to Hamas terrorists who paraglided into an Israeli music festival and slaughtered hundreds of attendees. After the October 18th episode of The Verdict with Ted Cruz, Coca-Cola, which owns Sprite, deleted its language on its website the following morning. Quote, earlier this month, earlier this month, Sprite announced a $500,000 contribution to the Black Lives Matter Global Network in a social post com- committing action in the fight for racial justice. On June 28th, the brand debuted a new TV commercial during the 2020 BET, um, BET Awards telecast showcasing Black America's resilience, excellence, and optimism. The 60-second spot titled Dreams Realized emphasized Sprite's commitment to making Black young creators' dreams a reality and to inspire the next generation to do more and dream bigger. A web archive version of the website reads, The current version omits that paragraph. Fortune 500 companies like Amazon, Coca-Cola, Sprite, DoorDash, Dropbox, Warner Brothers, and Microsoft have donated have donated to BLM. On verdict, we name names and blast corporate America for standing with Marxists who celebrate who celebrated Hamas's mass murder of Israelis. Cruz said in a post on X on Thursday. Quote, for every corporate donor who sent millions to Black Lives Matter, including Amazon, Apple, BlackRock, and Bank of America, do you regret supporting such a virulently anti-Semitic organization, Cruz said on Wednesday's episode of the podcast. Do you support Black Lives Matter's Marxist agenda supporting Hamas? Are you anti-Semites? Uh, Semites? Uh, Semites? I think it's Semites. Yeah. Do you support that we need to end Israel? He questioned. Black Lives Matter and Coca-Cola did not respond to Fox News Digital's request for comment on Friday. On October 11th, in response to Black, Li- Black backlash over its post, Black Lives Matter Chicago said in a statement, quote, yesterday we sent our messages that we aren't proud of. We sent out messages that we aren't proud of. We stand with Palestine and the people who do, who will do what they must to live free. Our hearts are with grieving mothers, those rescuing babies from rubble who are in danger of being wiped out completely. So, I'm going to read this and then let God kind of do his thing. Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Uh For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And then I want to go to 1 Peter. Chapter 4. Starting at verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes to upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and God rests upon you. 
but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler, as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who are suffering according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. As I've said before, and I say again, I'm throwing myself out there. We all build platforms. It's funny. That's what we're talking about. I did not notice where we were going, but here we are. We all build platforms. And with these platforms, we build a certain amount of influence. We, we build a certain amount of influence. With this amount of influence, we are then able to direct and, and, and influence people to do certain things. With that power, <laughs> hashtag Spider-Man, comes great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. And we have to be ever so careful when we decide to align ourselves with one thing or another. Because people in the world we live in more so today than any other generation keep receipts. They keep receipts. And it is often the case that all it takes is one slip up for all the good that you have done to be spoken of as evil because of one mistake, one slip up. Now, are we, do we make mistakes? Absolutely. 100%. Without question. We're not perfect people. We're going to make mistakes. And so we try to minimize the mistakes as much as we can by believing in God Believing in Christ and believing in, in allowing him to, you know, to rule in our hearts, the Holy Spirit to lead, move and guide us in all the directions that we walk in so that we make the least amount of mistakes while we're still here on this earth. Because we're going to keep making them until we see Jesus again. So we're going to make mistakes, but we're asking the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us so that we can make the least amount of mistakes possible as we're moving forward in the in the in the in, in the in the walk that we in the walk that we have. And so our hope and our desire is that we're living in a way that glorifies and honors God. Nevertheless, no matter how much good you do, there is always going to be somebody who sees what you do and will twist it in an attempt to, to, to prop up their own agenda. People keep asking, and you guys have seen it on the um on this on this live. You've seen it just on this live alone. Are you with Israel or are you with Palestine? I'm with God. Okay? I'm with God. I ain't got a dog in that fight. You know, whatever God is doing between Israel and Palestine, that's between God and them. I don't have a dog in that fight. So I don't I don't know. I don't I don't have I don't know enough about what's going on and I don't have the time to figure it out to to be to be informed enough to make a decision of who I'm for and who I'm against. I'm for God though. I'm for God. And whatever God's doing in Israel right now, to God be the glory. That's his business, not my business. I'm praying for safety. I'm praying for everyone to be healed. I'm praying for peace. I'm praying for a resolution. But I don't have a dog in that fight. I'm on the Lord's side. 
I'm not for or against any of them. I, I'm, I'm on the Lord's side. And so whatever God decides is going to happen in that space, that's what God, that's God's doing. That's God's work. I don't, I don't have a dog in that fight. But you have some people who've made, who've drawn a line in the sand. You got some people that are deciding Palestine, some people that are team Israel. You know, it's almost like watching Twilight. You either team Edward or team Jacob. <laughs> you know, people on one side or the other. And it is what it is, right? And so as a result of that, whenever someone decides for something, they are siding against something else. If they side for one thing, they're siding against something else. And to gain likes and to get people to listen to their to listen to their sites, listen to their podcasts, they will grab what what they can in an attempt to get their likes up, to get their views up. Again, I don't know the heart of Ted Cruz. I don't know the heart of the senator. You know, I can only go off of what I see. And for what I see, he got a lot of hypocrisy going on for somebody who says he believes in God. But that's neither here nor there. Okay? So, you know, at the end of the day, he is free to say what he wants to say and to do what he wants to do on his podcast. That's what it's for. Just like I use this podcast to talk about Jesus. He's using this podcast to do whatever it is he wants to do with it. And on that podcast, he decided to call out any company that stood for Black Lives Matter when Black Lives Matter decided they were siding with Palestine. Black Lives Matter, whether they should or shouldn't have sided, that's not, again, I ain't got a heaven or a hell. You decide who you want to side with. You know, when you post your messages, I always tell people, be careful what you put out there in the public. Because once it's out there, that's a wrap. People going to grab that thing as fast as they can and try to do as much as they can with what they got. Right? And so, again, we got to be careful what we put out there. Be careful what we say. Be careful what we post. Because once it's there, it's there forever. Forever, ever. Forever, ever. And at some point, someone can grab it and use it for their own good, for their own, for their own benefit, which is what Ted Cruz did when somebody from the Black Lives Matter movement made a post about supporting Hamas and supporting on um, um, Palestine. And as a result, so so what are you saying, Coca-Cola? Are you saying that you support the, the slaughter of people because you're supporting Black Lives Matter? So that means you're supporting Palestine. When did Coca-Cola say, I'm supporting Palestine? But now in an attempt to try to save face and save money, they rescinded their support of the Black Lives Matter movement so that way they could divorce themselves from the situation going on in Israel. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Like, this is what we do. This is what we do. We, we If you're not careful... If you're not careful, people will assume that just because you support a movement, check this, means you support everything they do. Because I support a movement, I support everything they do. That couldn't be further from the truth. 
you can support a movement and denounce a piece of which they support. I can't stand Republicans sometimes. But when it comes to them babies, I love the babies, okay? I love me the babies. So I don't have to, I don't have to be a Republican to support or, or, or denounce abortion outright. Like, I have my position of which if there are certain circumstances, yes, you should be able to get one, but I don't believe in everybody just get one. I don't have to align with everything the Republican Party aligns with just because I align with one thing they believe in. Just like I don't believe in everything the Democrats do. Now, my political leanings are more progressive than conservative, without question, because the progressive you know, side does more things that benefit me and my family. But right, you know, just like um, Michigan Man says, I'm independent. I make up my own mind. If there's a candidate out there on the Republican side that's making the most sense, I will vote for him. Because I love Biden, but I don't like him that much. You know what I'm saying? So please give us a legitimate counter to him and not, you know who, not Voldemort. Anybody but Voldemort. Give me somebody else. <laughs> please give me somebody else. So again, just because, just because this Black Lives Matter movement made to, to put this thing out there, put this thing out there. I support Palestine doesn't mean doesn't mean that I have to that, that Coca-Cola rather has to align with everything the Black Lives Matter movement is standing for in this particular juncture. We can say two things at the same time. Black Lives Matter movement is, is it matters and we don't stand for what's going on in, in Israel and Palestine right now. We don't support what they said. We have no dealings with what they said, but we still support the movement because the movement is doing a, good, a great thing in these cities and in this country and da, da 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 Both things can be true at the same time. In this extreme polarized world that we live in, you either got to be all for or all against. No, you don't. Because God's not that way. God is not one side or another in the sense that when, when the angel of the Lord was coming, and I can't remember the prophet's name at the time, but he was like, are you for us or are you, you know, for them? The angel was like, I'm on the Lord's side. I'm for whatever he's for. I'm against whatever he's against. That should be our position. That should be our posture. I'm, I'm neither for nor against. I'm, I'm, I stand for issues. I stand for what's right. And if being right today means I got to be wrong in somebody's eyes, then so be it. If being right tomorrow means being right in the eyes of the very people who thought I was wrong yesterday, but being wrong in the eyes of the very people who thought I was right yesterday, so be it. I'm neither for nor against a person or position. I'm for the Lord. And being for the Lord 
means that I have enough compassion to be able to do my due diligence to determine what whose side I should be on during the um the um the popularity that comes with it. I'm not worried about getting my likes up. Even though I am thankful for the 3,100 likes that y'all have given thus far. And if you feel like giving me some more, I'm more than happy to have them. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this for likes. We're not doing this for popularity. We're not doing this for notoriety. If I only had two people watching this show today, to God be the glory. It is only, if there's nobody watching the show, it's just me and my wife. Then dog it, I'm talking to my wife until she go to work. At the end of the day, we are neither for nor against people. Neither for nor against positions. We're for the Lord. And whatever the Lord says is... Oh! <laughs> okay. See what you did there. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable... Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. Think about these things. So... Like I say, I ain't got a heaven or a hell to put anybody in. I don't know enough about what's going on in Israel and Palestine to determine whose side I should be on. So I'm not on here trying to tell you whose side to, whose side to fall on. I do know that God desires all to come to repentance. So I do know that God loves everyone. We live in a broken world where broken people do broken things. And some of the broken things include violence. The violence that we see in this world, the word, the same violence that we see in Israel is some of the same atrocities that we've seen around the world over the course of history. Broken people do broken things to broken people all the time. Broken things happen to broken to broken people all the time. All the time. And that word apple of his eye, the word apple it doesn't mean what you think it means. That's going to be an interesting Bible study um, lesson for us one day when I finally get out of this um, out of this series. Apple of his eye doesn't mean what you think it means, but that's neither here nor there. So at the end of the day, ain't got a heaven or a hell to put anybody in over there. So I don't know what side to be on, it whether Israel or Palestine. I don't know. All I know. Is that whatever God is doing over there, he's doing it so that we can see him, know him, delight in him. That's God's permissive will at work. Ain't got a heaven or hell to put nobody in. So again, at the end of the day, what do we, I don't, I don't know what position to be on, but I do know that you have some people that are taking sides. And as they're taking sides, other people are pulling what the sides that people are on to prop their own agendas. And so we, the believers in God, better got to be ever so careful 
that if we are going to support something in the public space, that we are ready to deal with the backlash that comes with it. Because whenever you align yourself to something, someone is going to assume that you are against something else. And they can use that as leverage for their own agendas. And Ted Cruz just proved that. And Coca-Cola backed down because of it. And it's unfortunate because they had nothing to apologize for. Nothing to apologize for. If anything, all they need to do is put out a statement. We stand for, we, 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 don't, we don't, don't condone any of the atrocities that are going on over there. And let that be the end of it. Because all Ted Cruz is going to do is talk. That's all that man is good for, is talking. That's all he's good for. He, he ain't did nothing worthy of being like, yeah, that's the dude I want to follow. So at the end of the day, let the man talk. Because that's all, that's all he's worth now. It's talk. Like, at the end of the day, it's not about, it's not about, you know, at the end of the day, too often we allow people who have platforms to influence too much of this world. Instead of just standing for what's right and standing for what's true, no matter what. People are lifting up, lifting up for themselves people that will preach to their itching ears. And so, again, we got to be ever so careful that we're not falling into the traps. And in doing so, find ourselves in a place where we are no longer aligning with what is true, but instead aligning with what's convenient. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly thankful for the 3,200 likes that you guys have given us so far. Thank you for every like, every comment, every follow, and every share. If you missed any part of this message or you would like to hear our past episodes, stop by Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and listen to all of our episodes from inception to now. If you decide to give to this ministry, know that you're not giving it to me. I got my own job, make my own money, pay my own bills. Every dime that you give to this live goes straight to the ministry to keep up our subscriptions and our websites. And so we thank you so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show. We'll be right back in just a moment.
You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, for our sanctification session today, we're going to be talking about um, um, talking about um, what season you find yourself in. What season you find yourself in. And in this, we're going to be listening to Deborah Hall, who posted last week on this very topic. And we're going to listen to her and then jump into our conversation regarding it. If you've been hearing that your season is just around the corner for the last year, this is for you. I bought into it. I bought into it since the beginning of the year that my breakthrough was right around the corner that my season's right around the corner that blessings upon blessings are going to be pouring out all over me and it's 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 in the neighborhood it's at the door it's knocking on the door it's it's here and after months and months of waiting i felt like things just got worse slowly worse until one day i sat down and I prayed and I thanked God for my food, not out of a religion, not out of, oh, I just pray for my food because I need to pray for my, fruit, my food. I prayed for my food because I was thankful for a meal. I got into a hot shower and I thanked God for a hot shower. I got into my car and I thanked God for a car. That's my car. I went to work and I thanked God for my job. I got in a bed, a warm bed, and I thanked God for my bed and that it was warm. See, I didn't, I didn't do all those things before this year. Like I did because it was the right thing to do, but this year, after a year of hardship and a year of being told that breakthrough is coming and it didn't, and just having to live day by day, paycheck to paycheck, literally just living out of what the Lord gave me every day changed me. I went from expecting great wealth and great blessing to just being thankful for what I had every day, knowing that it could all be gone tomorrow. God used the tough times to change me. God used what I was just hoping would just be over, that this, this season that's lasted a year would just end so that I can come into my, my time of harvest since that's what had been prophesied pretty much everywhere, but it just, just seemed like it wasn't happening. I realized instead of God changing the circumstances, God used the circumstance to change me. I'm not who I was a year ago. Am I still expecting a great season ahead? I hope so. But my hope isn't in that my life is going to change for the better. My hope is in that God's going to provide for me today. That God's doing a work in me, not just for me. I think we go to church a lot of times expecting that our blessings are just going to be wealth. But a lot of times, God wants to give us the blessing of character. You know, it says in the Bible that Jesus doesn't give the way that the world gives, that he gives us peace and you can't buy peace, but God is the one who gives it to us. And it doesn't matter what season you're in, God can give you peace in any season. So I hope that that encourages y'all today. 
and I hope that no matter what tomorrow brings, we know who has us in his hand and that he loves us and he's not going to disappoint us. And don't let other people put you down because they're in a certain season and you're in another. And don't stop believing for a better season, but don't get disappointed if it's farther off than you think. Again, that was Deborah Hall, and you can find her on TikTok um, at Deborah Hall 333. Again, Deborah Hall 333. Um, <clears throat> many a church, many a pastor have taken and ripped scripture to give us these prophetic words of seasons. It's your season to be blessed. You're one prayer away from your blessing. You're one miracle away from your blessing. God's got a blessing with your name on it. Um, you know, you're next in line for a miracle. You know, you're one prayer away. Um, you're one shout away. Your, your, your breakthrough is coming. The breakthrough is coming. Pray for your breakthrough. Shout for your breakthrough. Scream for your breakthrough. Holler for your breakthrough. You know, many a church harps on the idea and prays on the idea, P-R-E-Y, um, on the idea that if you just pray hard enough, your breakthrough is coming. If you, if you fast hard enough, your breakthrough is coming. If you give enough, your breakthrough is coming. And for many of us, we bought that lie, hook, line, and sinker, because we desired so much for our lives to be different than, where, than what they are now. Some of us were struggling on our jobs and struggling to make ends meet and just asking for a, spirit, a, a breakthrough of financial gain or a promotion on the job. You know, some of us, you know, we're, we're wanting so badly to get married. And so we're praying for a husband and praying for a wife. And we're just one prayer away from meeting that, that special someone who's going to change my entire life. You know, we pray so badly to have land and have a house and have, you know, 2.5 kids and the dog and, uh, you know, in, in nice cars. We, we, we are praying and wanting the breakthrough that our pastors and our preachers and our teachers and our evangelists and our TikTok influencers are promising us, you know, and they rip scripture saying, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has in store for those who love him and stop right there. You know, we, we go to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. So we don't even care about the seek the kingdom part. We talking about, we want the all things are added part. Delight thyself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We don't care about the delighting in God part. We just want the, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So we, so we're, we're, we're glossing over all these different scriptures. We'll even take it so far as to say, you know, pay your tithes and watch God open up the doors of heaven and, and open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that you won't have room enough to receive. God's going to bless you exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. Like we pick and choose these scriptures to try to paint a picture of the desires that we have and put and tag God's name on it. Like we're just one prayer away, just one scripture away, just one, one, one blessing, just, just one prayer on my knees away 
and we hear and buy the lie over and over and over again. How many times? I don't know who this message is for, but you're going to get a breakthrough today. I don't know who this message is for, but God's going to do a supernatural thing in your life today. We're, 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 you know, God's going to do something miraculous in your life. And as a result of that, you have a lot of people who are believing in God for the stuff. And when God doesn't show up the way that we want him to, we get angry with him for not showing up the way that we were promised and prophesied he was going to he was going to show up. And what God is trying to show us more often than not is that the breakthrough that he's referring to has nothing to do with the natural. Has nothing to do with the material world. And has everything to do with the spirit. We got to remember God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The breakthrough that God has for us is spiritual. He's trying to deliver us from the cares of this world. And trying to show us that his love for us supersedes anything that this world can give us. Look, at, look through the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon, king of Israel, had everything you want a million times over. Everything that you've been praying to God for, he had it a million times over. You want money? He had plenty of money. You want resources where you never have to think about where your next meal is going to come from? He had plenty of it. You want women? He had plenty of them. You want parties and good times? He partied harder than any of us. You want to go to a concert? He had the who's who. He had the Michael Jacksons of his day show up to his castle and sing for him, play for him, dance for him, whatever. You want, you know, to have a, a, a title? He had the title of titles. You want to do great works? Did all of that. And at the end of the day, when he took account of his life, he was like, dude, vanity, man. Meaningless. I did all this for what? I got all this for what? Our heart's posture tends to be sometimes, maybe not all the time, but sometimes, that if God doesn't give me what I want, he must not be God. When all the while God is saying, I got to give you what you need. And in order for you to know that I am the thing that satisfies your soul, I may withhold things from you. Because I know if I give these things to you, you will stop worshiping me. If I give you the breakthrough that you're looking for, you're not going to worship me. Not as deeply as I want you to. You'll thank me for a while. But then all of your attention and all of your affection and all of your joy and all your hope will be in the thing that I gave you. And not in me. 
We pray because it's the right thing to do. Just like Miss Deborah said, it's the right thing to do. But are we praying because we're connecting to the Savior? We read our Bibles because it's the right thing to do. But are we reading our, Bible, our Bibles because it's, it's deepening our relationship with the Lord? And so sometimes God will take us through a season of hardship to give us the spiritual breakthrough that we need. Because the breakthrough is not about financial gain. The breakthrough is not about position and power. The, the, the breakthrough is not about you amassing wealth. It's not about gaining status. It's not about gaining fame. It's about deepening your relationship with the Lord. He is what matters most. And what she said was very profound. I prayed over my food. Not because I needed to pray over my food, but because I was thankful that I had something to eat. I didn't pray to God. I didn't think I, I, I got in a shower and had hot water. I thank God for the hot water, not because it was the right thing to do, but because I was thankful that I got a shower that I can shower in when you got a lot of people who ain't even got water. I thank God for my little hoopty. You know, I, 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 I could be dry. I could be walking. Right. I got a, I got something to drive. Thank God I got something to drive, and I got the money to put the gas in the car. I thank God I got a bed to lay in. It may not be the Four Seasons, but it's definitely not the floor. I thank God for my family. You know, sometimes they get on my nerves, but I'm thankful that I got them. Because there are people today who can't talk to their mom, can't talk to their dad, can't talk to their sister, can't talk to their brother. Can't talk to their cousins. Can't talk to their grandparents. I thank God I got them. Sometimes I want to outline them sometimes, but I thank God I got them because they could be gone. And she said, last year, I didn't do that. I didn't thank God for this stuff. Not from my, from my heart. I thank them because it was the right thing to do in lieu of the spirit, the, 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 not, in lieu of the breakthrough I was waiting for. The financial windfall that would bless my life forever so I can get out of this space I'm in, get a better car, get a better this, get a better that, get a... But God took me through a... The breakthrough, they, they were right about one thing, the breakthrough did come, but it didn't come the way I thought it would. It showed up in my heart. It showed up in my soul. And for far too many of us, we're looking for God to give us a windfall when God never promised us the windfall. If you look at all of your people in the New Testament, none of them came out on top. Paul beheaded, Peter crucified upside down, um, John boiled alive and then, you know, um, shipwrecked, I mean, or, or exiled to the island of Patmos. James killed, you know, most of these boys didn't make it out rich with riches. But their souls were so deeply satisfied with the Lord. So deeply satisfied with the Lord that Paul even said, 
I know how to be rich. I know how to be poor. I know how to have a lot. I know how to suffer need. But I can do all things in whatsoever state he puts me in. I can deal with it through Christ who strengthens me. That is the breakthrough that God wants for us. If he so decides to give you money, great. If he so decides to give you a position, fantastic. If he so decides to give you a family, to God be the glory. If he gives you a bigger house, awesome. Don't knock that. Fantastic. Thank God for it. Praise him. I'm going to praise him with you. But if that's all, all that you're praising God for, God will take you to the top. God will sometimes, if he decides, because he can do it how he wants to. He can either take you the the um he can either take you the Ecclesiastes way or he can take you the Job way. You notice? Take you, I can take you through all the riches and make you realize that ain't nothing gonna satisfy your heart, or I'm gonna take everything from you and see and, and, and see, you know, and take you through the, the season of the valley. In either case, the spiritual breakthrough is that I can do nothing without the Lord. I am nothing without the Lord. So our heart's posture then. Should be that of Proverbs 30. Proverbs 30. Verses 7 through 9. Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Number one. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Number two. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Notice what his heart's desire was to delight himself in the Lord at all times. For he said, I don't want to deny you and say who is the Lord because I got everything that I need. I don't want to profane your name by stealing because I don't have enough. Give me what I need for this day. Give us this day our daily bread. Give me what is needful for me on this day to glorify your name, to praise your name, to lift your name, to make sure that you are at the uppermost of my affections. If God, you know that if that giving me $10 million, I would wild out. Don't give me the $10 million. God, if you know that if you that if you, you put me down in the lowest pit, I'm going to denounce you. Please don't put me down in the pit. Please don't put me there. Our heart's posture should be that God, whether I'm rich or whether I'm poor, I got you. You are the breakthrough. Deepening my relationship with you, that is the breakthrough. Getting closer to you, that is the breakthrough. As I always say, Pray for what you want. 
the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to the Lord. So if anybody going to bless you with anything, surely it's him. So go boldly before the throne of grace. Tell God what you want. Call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. Tell him what you want. But, you know what? Not even but. Tell him what you want. And have the posture of Jesus who said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. For whatever God's got to do in order to ensure that we are closely connected to him, that is what he's going to do. When it says in Romans chapter 8 that all things are working out for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, we got to get out of this mindset of thinking that God's good is my good. Because the only way that my good is God's good is if God's good and my good are aligned. We want so badly for things to work out for my good the way that we imagined my good. Things are working out for my good. No, they're not. They're working out for God's good. And if my good and God's good are aligned, then absolutely it's working out for my good. I mean, it is going to work out for my good regardless, but it's not my good as I imagined it. Not my good as I envisioned it. Not my good as I put on my vision board. This is what's happening for me. I'm manifesting my life. Bruh, God, give me what you know I need. Give me what you know I stand in need of. Give me whatever it is that you, that I need so that I can delight myself in you more. Let this walk not be about me. Let this walk not be about what I want. Break me from my addiction to my wants and give me the desire to chase and seek you at the up as the uppermost of my affections. If it's not in your will, don't give it to me. If it is in your will, give me the patience to wait. And allow me to be content in you. To be satisfied in you. To delight in you. If it's meant to happen, to God be the glory. But if it's not, let me not be so downhearted and so downtrodden to where I'm no longer working. I'm no longer working for you. I'm no longer serving you. I'm no longer delighting in you. Help me to deepen my relationship with you so much so that even if I don't see what I want until the life to come, I'm satisfied. There's a song, there's an old, old, old song that says, basically, I am satisfied. I am satisfied with Christ, my savior. I am satisfied. I'm so satisfied. I'm so satisfied with Christ, my savior. Somebody remixed and said, I am so satisfied with my savior. He means more to me than anything that this world could ever offer me. 
I don't. I think. I think it's Cody Carnes. Let me see. Yep, nothing else by Cody Carnes. He says, "I'm not. I. 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 I I'm not here for blessings. I just want to. I just want to lay here at your feet, called into this holy moment. Never want to leave. I'm not here for blessings. You know, Jesus, you don't owe me anything." More than anything that you can do, I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. That is the heart's posture. That is the heart's posture for the believer. That nothing else can satisfy the longings of the soul except for Jesus. I, I just want you. Nothing else matters. There's this book that I that I used that I um that I read. Um, I can't access it right now because I don't have access to my tablet. Um, Gospel Deeps by Jared Wilson. And he said this bomb line that I'm going to paraphrase. He said, at some point in our walk with God. The gospel of Jesus Christ will be so impactful to us. Christ will be so impactful to us that all we will want is him to where being in a worship service, the songs are all well and good, but I, I, I want Jesus. The, 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 the prayers are all well and good. I want Jesus. The, even the preaching can be all well and good. I want Jesus. And it'll get to a point where hearing about, singing about, praying about Jesus is all that we will want. And all that we will desire. And so again, your breakthrough, your breakthrough is Jesus. The breakthrough that you're longing for is Jesus. Don't stop believing. Pray. Meditate. You know, supplications. Ask God for whatever it is that you're wanting. But at the end of the day, don't let your, your the desire you have for things supersede the desire you have for God. For God will remind us over and over again that what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly thankful for the 3,400 likes that we received today. Thank you for every like, comment, and share. Um, thank you for every question that you guys have posed thus far. Um, if you've missed any part of this message, if you've missed any part of this show, Feel free to stop by um, Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show podcast. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to spend a little bit of time with your boy on today. We'll be right back with you in just a moment.
True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for the 3,800 likes that we've received thus far. Keep those likes up if you so decide to do so. Appreciate you so much for that. Um, our next topic um, is a question from the chat. Someone had asked me last week, what is my thoughts on women's rights? Um, didn't give any detail, didn't give any specifics, just what are my thoughts on women's rights? And Y'all know how we do on this show. As a disclaimer, unless you are a believer in Christ, you're not going to understand the things that I say. So if you're not a believer in Jesus, what I'm going to say is probably going to, it may offend you. And if it does, so be it. Just keep it classy in the comment section. That's all I ask. You start going left field. That's when we got to hit you with the mute button, as you probably have recognized if you're still on the show, but realize that you can't chat with me no more. That's why, because you came out of pocket. And so we had to mute you. Um, Nevertheless, um, this person asked the question, what is my stance on women's rights? And as I tell y'all, I'm not going to answer your questions on the live today. I will take your question down, sit down with it, mull over it, come back and give you an answer. So I hope that the person that asked the questions here today, though I sincerely doubt it because we're in hour number two and, you know, the numbers start going down, um, you know, after the first after the first hour, um, which is lovely. It's love. Like I say, I don't I don't care about that. But the point is, the question was asked, what do I, what is my stance on women's rights? Um, and um, that was all that was asked. There was no follow up. There was no detail. There was nothing that was given on that. So as a backdrop to my thoughts on women's rights, I take us to first Peter chapter three. First Peter chapter three, starting at verse number seven, says this. Likewise. Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you for, of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Um, there are plenty of women who are stronger than me. You know, I don't mind putting my business out there on Main Street. I'm 5'5". Five, five, buck 85 on a good day if i'm having a sugar binge maybe 190 there are plenty of women who could probably kill me in an arm wrestling contest probably could wrestle me down tackle me pull me apart there are plenty of women who are six feet juggernauts you know olympians you know plenty of women who are the stronger vessel compared to me so it, it, it bothers me greatly when I hear pastors talking about, you know, women are weak and men are strong and, you know, they, they bow up, you know, to show that women are weaker vessels. Not always. 
I am definitely a weaker vessel compared to a lot of women that I know in my own family. Like I am a, I am, I'm kind of a runt, you know, even though, you know, you know, I'm, I'm strong, but I ain't strong, you know, it ain't like I go to the gym and stuff. So I'm saying that to say, um, for a lot of us, we have a tendency to think of women as weak and we tend to want to keep them bound and keep and keep them in their place. Quote unquote. You silly, you silly. So, maybe almost maybe a little straight thought. Don't do that. So, um, <laughs> um, what we have to consider when it comes to women's rights is who did Jesus go after? He went after the weak. He went after the frail. He went after the lost. And a lot of those people that he went after were women. So, how do what's my stance on women's rights? Uh, that women need them. That women should have them. That women are image bearers. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, just like us, men. That the same dignity, honor, and respect that is owed to us is owed to them. That we should love women, defend women, fight for women, you know, fight that they have every right to everything that they that they should have, that they should be, you know, that they should get paid equally, that they should be able to work whatever job they want to work. You know, they should be able to do whatever they want to do. Because that's the same freedom that God has afforded us. And as it says in the word, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. In that time frame, women didn't have a voice. Women weren't allowed to say much. They were made to pretty much stay at home. They might work a job in somebody's house, maybe busting a table. Maybe, you know, sweeping a floor, maybe washing things, maybe serving the men. But they weren't allowed to have a voice back then. So Jesus, so Peter, through Jesus, was telling, um, to what Jesus, through Peter, was telling men, live with your wives in an understanding way and show honor to them because the world's not going to do it. The world's not going to show them honor. The world's not going to show them that they're that they are worthy of dignity, honor, and respect. If anything, they got to keep their heads covered so that people don't think that they're harlots and want to sleep with them in the world that in the world that they lived in. And so, honor them, show them respect, show them love, show them dignity as the weaker vessel in society. In society. Because for, for the, wor the world is going to eat them alive. The world is going to tear them down. And y'all see this happening in our world today. Where women feel, they feel so sexually liberated now. But they couldn't be more denigrated than they've ever been before. Like, I'm, gonna, I, I can, I'm free to do what I want to do. But respect me as a person. It's kind of hard to figure out how to do that. 
But we as the believers, we have to show dignity, honor, and respect. Even when they don't show it to themselves. We got we to gotta be the, 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 the standard bearer. And show our women that they are valued, that they are valuable, that they are loved, that they are worthy of dignity, honor, and respect. In hopes that maybe they don't have to go out there and create an OnlyFans page or create, you know, all these pages where they where they where they're banking on their looks or banking on, you know, their 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 charisma in an attempt to leverage for money or leverage for likes or leverage for endorsements. We can teach them that, you know, that you don't have to be out here, you know, just putting yourself out on Main Street so that way somebody will show you attention. Honor them. But then in that same vein, don't you know, try to hide them from the world either. If they want to go out there and want to work jobs that they want to work, let them work. They want to work construction jobs, let them work. I don't want to do it. Let them work. They, they want to, you know, do whatever it is that they want to do. They should have the right to do that. By virtue of us showing them the same dignity, honor, and respect that God showed us. Oh, my gosh. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, Eve wasn't just standing around looking pretty. She was in the garden, working the garden too, right alongside Adam. So, show the same dignity, honor, and respect that God has shown us in so much that when Christ died on the cross, he didn't die for men. He died for all of us, men and women. the same dignity, honor, and respect that God showed us. Let us show that one to another. Honor one another. Be there for one another. Take care of one another. Walking alongside one another. So my stance on women's rights is simple. Women should have them. Because they are old dignity, honor, and respect, just like us. We twisted scripture like you know how man has done to try to put woman in her place. And that's why God told her, you're gonna have to be careful because you're you're you you're gonna try to rise up against your against your husband. Now imagine I'm not saying against men, against your husband. You're gonna try to outshine your husband you're going to try to overtake his place as God has prescribed it for us to be a reflection of Christ's relationship with the church you got to watch your pride to not try to one up him but men in that same vein have got to be careful that we're not causing our women to have to rise up to that level because of our inferior because of our inferior nature just want to sit around and play video games all day no you got to run your house you got to rule your house as God prescribes for us to do. I'm the man in the house, but I'm playing video games all day. If you're the man, run it. If you're the man, run it. 
but I'm the man of the house, so I get to do what I want to do. No, that's not what God, that's not what God said. And how is that showing honor to your woman? Showing honor to your wife? And so again, that is the that women should have rights. Women, they're in. It's crazy. Everybody should have rights. Like it's. We should not be living in a world where I have to get a law written to where I can wear my hair how I want to. I'm talking about black women in particular. Should there, a crown act should not exist. But because you have people who are so trying to push people down and make people be the way that I want them to be, and I'm not going to give you a job unless you look the part that I want you to look. You got to have a certain aesthetic in here. I got to put, I have a whole, whole, um, a whole law written so I can wear my hair the way I want to. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. Where, you know, a person can be put in jail for years, thrown under the jail for years for dog fighting, but you got people who are senseless, senselessly murdering folk left and right, and they get off because they wear a badge. Make it make sense. There shouldn't have to be laws written to make people do right. But again, that's why I say, even in my getting stirred up about it, God's put reining me in because he's saying it's a consequence of the fall. It's a consequence of the fall. So I can't be, I shouldn't be surprised. It hurts like a mug, but I shouldn't be surprised. Instead, that's what drives me to my knees. And in any way that I can be an active voice or an active part of trying to get, you know, trying to, you know, undo the, the, the illness of the illness of this world until Jesus comes back and gets us. Then let me do my part. So, but I'm saying all that to say again, you know, we, as the people of God, we should show everybody dignity, honor, and respect. But when it comes to women in particular, heck yeah, let them have their rights. Because they, they, they deserve them by virtue of being image bearers of God. Period. Period. So again, you know, obviously they can take it to the deep end. Like with anything, you become an extremist idea. So don't go extreme with it. Every, every good thing has an extremist outlier somewhere who takes things way too far. And that's what that's probably where the where the comment was coming from last week. How do I feel about it? Because it's going because like with anything, it goes too far. And so we got to bring it back in. But nevertheless, the principle is sound. Show honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Honor her. Respect her. Show her that she matters. Show her that she's valued. Because we live in a world today where the only, it seems like the only value that women have, you know, or at least is, uh, that's put on Main Street is their bodies. And they're, you know, I can get it, you know. And no, y'all are way more valuable than that. Way more valuable than that. But we got to do our part, men. We got to do our part and show women that they are valued. Show them that they're valuable. Show you, show them that they're more than just their looks. They're more than just their charisma. Soul. 
They are a soul. And that's what God sees. You're not worried about all this. Like, you know, I'm glad, you know, my wife look good, you know, but I love her soul. My wife bomb.com, but I, I, I love her soul. I care about her soul. And so, again, I'm saying all that to say, women's rights, go get them. Just don't push them so far out there to where it's like, you know, going off on the deep end. But it's all based in showing women honor, dignity, and respect by virtue of being image bearers of God. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Got some good news for you guys on today. Um... NFL running back makes 218 single parents new homeowners with a collaborative charity. This is written back on September 15th, so about a month and some change ago. Um, a former NFL great recently surprised a single mother and her daughter with a brand new home in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But it was just one of 217 other such blessings that Warwick Dunn has managed to fund. The collaborative effort by Warwick Dunn Charities, Habitat for Humanity, and Catholic High School, where Dunn himself graduated, saw the house built, furnished, and stocked with food. Quote, Dominique and Miracle, single mother, first-time homeowner, I think it's important to help change the community and the environment, create stability for a family that could potentially have good, long-term positive impacts. Dunn said upon returning to his hometown to welcome the family. Catholic High School raised $85,000 for the house. Quote, a new home, a fresh, a new fresh start, a new beginning. I'm totally blessed, unquote, said Dominique after walking into the new home for the first time, worried dreadfully about her makeup running from all the crying she knew she'd be doing. Sheets were already on the bed and food was already in the fridge. The mortgage was there on the dinner table for signing with Dunn's charity alongside it to help with the down payment check. Drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 97, Dunn has launched Homes for the Holidays to honor his late mother's dream of owning her own home that same year. An extremely consistent performer, in 12 seasons Dunn missed only 10 games, made the Pro Bowl team on three occasions, and in all but two seasons accumulated over a 1,000 all-purpose yards for the Bucks and the Falcons. When he retired, he ranked 14th in the NFL history for all-purpose yards. In 2005, Dunn was presented with the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. This award is the only NFL award that recognizes a player for his community service as well as for his excellence on the field. In the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, Dunn challenged all NFL players except for those who play for the New Orleans Saints to donate at least $5,000 to the effort. The effort received over $5 million in contributions. According to Dunn's website, um, which has become the home of all three of his charitable organizations, the program partners with local community organizations to reduce the burden on new single-parent homeowners by fully furnishing their new house providing down payment assistant, uh, pay assistance checks, and stocking the pantry with food. And so this is such, such a just freaking awesome because a lot of times, again, we, um, we um, have a tendency to think that, you know, football players are all scum because they make all this money and get mad because they don't get the, 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 the money that they want, and so they sit out games, and so we're so frustrated with them. Basketball players do the same thing. I get frustrated with them. Um, but there are some good people that are doing some good things with the, with the resources that they have, and we rarely hear about it. 
We rarely hear about the things that people are doing. And so I'm so grateful that we have this opportunity that somebody told the story so that we can know that 218 families, 218 families are now able to live in a home thanks to Warwick Dunn. You know, he took his resources and leveraged them for the glory of God to help people out. Now, I don't know if he did it for God or not, but, you know, this is a great thing that, that God going to get the glory out of it regardless. And so, again, it makes my heart happy to see that there are good people in this world that are doing great things in the world. And that's why I tell us, that's why I told us earlier today, whatever, whatever position God has you in, leverage it for his glory. And whatever you can do to help people along the way, leverage it for the glory of God. Because at the end of the day, what's the point of having all this power if we never do anything with it? What's the point of having all this money if we never do anything with it? What's the point of having these platforms if we never do anything with it? Take what you have and leverage it so that someone's soul can be saved and that someone's soul could be helped. No telling whether these people are saved or not. But if he's doing it for the glory of God, this is an opportunity for him to, to show them, hey, if this this house is great, but let me tell you about a man who can save your soul. You know, and so again, at the end of the day, leverage what you have for the glory of God so that people can have a relationship with him and that we can do some good in this world. It's very hard to find it nowadays, but I promise you it's somewhere out there if you just know how to look. Listen, I love you guys so, so much. Thank you so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show on today. Thank you for the 6,900 likes and climbing. I see it climbing. And so I'm very grateful for y'all for, uh, for all the likes you've given. Thank you for every comment. Thank you for every follow. Thank you for every share. Um, thank you guys so, so much for giving me this opportunity to be able to share some knowledge and wisdom with you guys on today. It is such an absolute pleasure of mine to leverage my platform for the glory of God. You've been watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. As always, if you can't see the good, like our boy Warwick Dunn here, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.